Welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you today, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me as well. We do a lot of cultural analysis on this program, and we've seen what's happened to the country. We've seen that number of children born outside of wedlock has increased from 6% in 1960, roughly 42% now, seven-fold increase since 1960. And we go on and on. We've uh, covered so many of the social indices that have completely radicalized American life. But here's one that has pretty much blown my mind. This, I think, is the most significant shift in social index that I have seen in my 15 years of pretty serious cultural analysis. I found this one just a few days ago. I wasn't aware that this was happening. The cremation rate in this country has risen from 5.7%. To 57.5%. I, I think one of the things that drew my attention to it was that that's almost, you know, that's exactly tenfold. Yeah. 5.7 to 57. I thought, wow, that's tenfold. And I don't know that I know of any other social indice that has shifted that significantly as what you see with this. Belief in the resurrection has certainly faded from the mind of the post-Christian world. That's certain. There's not so much confidence in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the gospel, the reception of the gospel. But the big explanation for this, of course, is cost, right? That's that's the big explanation. Yeah, I it would, is a I cost issue for, for many, many people. It's become a, an obscene spectacle. Often funerals have become that, and the costs have risen dramatically, partially because of, of state regulatory agencies and what they require. And just... We live in a culture that costs are rising everywhere. So, yes, that would be a factor. But at the same time, there are other factors that, that work into this. And you said that the belief in the resurrection has declined dramatically, whereas I would say the belief in reincarnation has risen dramatically. Mm-hmm. And that may be a factor as well. Could be. Could be. Uh, you know, it's also interesting that we are richer than we've ever been in all of human history. So. It's not as if America has become impoverished. Now that's happening next this year, or is it next year? Yeah, it would. Yeah. It's, it's, that's coming. Or that's next, coming or to next it. week, or next week, as the case may be. Right. Uh, when we have as much disposable income as we have, the question is always a matter of priority. Now, here's the question that's posed: Do we buy a thousand lattes for the next three years, or do we take Grandma's body, tie it to a rock, and throw it into the ocean? Um, People make decisions. The point is people make decisions, what they do with their money, on the basis of priorities. They always do. Sure. So, so that's one issue. But also, here's the other thing. As you mentioned, systems make it difficult to bury our debt. Embalming, for example. you got to embalm this body like the Egyptians did. What's the yeah, deal with it's, that? It's preservation of the body. But why do we preserve the body? Yeah. I mean, because, cause, because cause I guess if you just, believe in a resurrection, you know that if it's not imminent, that body will decay. That's right, and eventually be resurrected. And be resurrected, right. but if with you or embalm without it, embalming, embalming is not going to help the situation. Yeah, what's that going to do right. for a resurrected body? That's not a good thing. I don't think so. Yeah, it's <laughs> hard to imagine why that happens. But all of this is a part of a worldview shift. That's my point. You know, if you're just to step back, and this is the way they did it for 1980 years or whatever. Okay, basically, you know, you go out, you get your pine box going. Let's figure it out. That's six two by fours, two four by eight plywood sheets. Put you about what, 120 bucks? Home Depot? This week. This week, right. You dig a hole. Well, get the boys out in the back 40, put a six foot hole in the backyard. That'll take a good part of the afternoon. Or you could go to Home Depot and you can get a backhoe for, what is it now, 60 bucks an hour? That puts you, that puts you into about 240 bucks. 
But as you know, as you know, that's just not happening. That's not happening. Now, green burials are possible in some states, but not very often. Not very, not very many communities allow for it. You say, well, church burial grounds existed for 1,980 years. It's actually getting more difficult. Do you know that, Bill? To, to put your church burial ground in your... One of the reasons, there's a lot of reasons for this. Some of it is the transients. You know, people used to live in communities yeah. for like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten generations. That doesn't happen as much as it used to. So I think that's part of it. But it's also just regulation, as you mentioned, makes it difficult. I thought you meant the transients were camping out in the cemeteries. Like, well, you have that issue too. Like the gathering. Yeah. yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, but the systems are based on worldview. And, and generally speaking, the system is materialistic. What do I mean by materialistic? I mean that people today don't consider supernaturalism, but they, they, I think, have been taught, Bill. I really do believe people have been taught they're cosmic dust. Yes, that, that is true. I just true. think that's and what so, people are thinking. They're cosmic dust floating on the universe, pure chance. So therefore, and why? Maybe, just, maybe worship the earth, maybe a little environmentalism mixed in mm-hmm. there. I'm, n- I'm never sure why a consistent naturalist is worshiping the earth. I haven't figured that one out. Right. But well, they we do. always we always want to be a part of something larger than ourselves, and so if you replace the worship of the true God with something else, it has to be His creation. Pantheism, yeah, has to be. They worship the creature rather than the Creator. It's either self or pantheism or Mother Earth, Gaia. But the average cost of a funeral and burial is about. Let me guess: more than two hundred forty bucks. More than two hundred forty bucks. <laughs> okay. About seventy three hundred dollars. Oh wow. Now wow, that that does present a, a financial burden on some it does, families. Sure, mm-hmm. there's there's funeral insurance, of course, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you you wonder why why do I put that much money into the ground, mm-hmm. right? Right, mm-hmm. and and you know the the question of stewardship arises. You're right. There there are health reasons, and we know that. Right, right. So there are health reasons. And that's one reason why six feet, and that's been that's true, pretty much standard for and then like two thousand years. You have to be bar- careful where you bury people that's because true. of mm-hmm. of contamination sure. of water sources. Sure. Mm-hmm. So there's that issue. Um, but not too many years ago, I remember here in Colorado on I twenty five, they were expanding the highway, and they they ran across a grave, and it was a pioneer woman, mm-hmm. and she was just buried in the ground. Interesting. Wow. And and you go, y- you have to wonder. What was that like for that family traveling across the West mm-hmm. in a wagon sure. in, in unsettled territory and they had to bury somebody, the, the emotional pain that that would cause without the community, without the recognition that you would see them, you would be able to visit their grave. Mm-hmm. That, that would be a similar That's thing, tough. right? That's tough. Friends, death death is not pretty. It's not, it's not, right. it's, it's, we try to dress it up. We try yep. to avoid it. We try mm-hmm. to cover it up. We, we don't want to dwell on it. It's the last enemy. Yeah. That Christ right? will defeat. That's right. It's the last enemy that Christ will defeat. Now, I'm not saying that cremation is a sin, and I'll just make that clear from the outset, but I am saying that people do what they do because of their worldview, their commitment to pro- propositions or presuppositions. If I'm cosmic dust, nothing matters. Burn it all up. If the resurrection's a certainty, then we're going to act a certain way. Now, again, it depends on circumstances. I get that. But uh, culture is religion externalized. Culture is your worldview externalized. 
What does that look like, especially in a society where cremation rates have gone from 5.7% to 57% in just the last 25 to 30 years? Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. What happens when a culture that was established and guided by biblical principles abandons the faith and seeks to live by its own wisdom? In his latest groundbreaking work, Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West, Kevin Swanson unfolds the dramatic history of Western civilization, highlighting the phenomenal impact that Jesus Christ and his people have had upon the thought, culture, and institutions of the Christian West, as well as tracing the slow but devastating decline of Western civilization and the key factors that have led to our spectacular fall over the centuries. A sobering narrative of gospel hope, this book urges its reader to greater fervency in the work of discipleship and the development of an international vision for the church. This is truly a must-read for any Christian seeking to understand the times and seasons in which we live. You can claim your hardcover copy of Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West by visiting generations.org slash store today. That's generations.org slash store. And we're back on the Generations broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you. Trying to identify the principles that are essential when we talk about burial. First of which is the resurrection. Second of which is which we honor the body, which is made in the image of God. I think we need to remember, Bill, that the body and the soul are both constituent parts of that thing made in the image of God. And it, we not will, just we will not, receive a resurrected body. That's right. For for example, um, let me just throw this one out. Uh, I had a friend who had an acquaintance who had one of those lampshades that was constructed. I mean, this is really a macabre thing that came out of Nazi Germany. Yep. And Bo- it, was constructed, it was constructed out of the skin of a Jew. Right. Okay, just a, a horrible thing. And the friend of mine says, okay, I know this person. They've got this lampshade. What do they do with it? I said, give it a proper burial. In other words, treat it with respect. Right. Treat it with right. respect. Why? Because, because the body is still made in the image of God and worthy of that respect. Right. So, uh, so that was, was a, just a one-off you know, example of, no, there's, of there's how more. we need to there's more than that. treat these things. They remember the with exhibits the, that went with around? With the way we treat the image of God. Yeah, the exhibits that went around where they had taken these bodies, cadavers, and they'd frozen them. You know, the, oh, I can remember that. Yes, yes. yes. It came from Colorado at one point. Yes, right. and they then they dissected these bodies, and they showed the inner workings, the musculature, the and the organs. And it was very, very macabre, and it did not honor God's creation. You, you felt like you were in a medical anatomy class, that you were looking into something that was not r- quite right. Mm-hmm. And so we honor God's creation, and you can do that. It's not necessarily that you have to have the body on display. I would say you can do that by having the body cremated, and the service itself would honor God's creation and talk about that. So it's not that we're advocating for a particular form of funerary service, but we're saying, what is the worldview that goes into that? And how are we as Christians to 
treat those who are dead. We honor God's creation because we are the image of the creator. And it's more than just spirit. What people actually believe about ultimate issues reveals itself in how they treat life and death. Uh, People may profess to believe certain things, but then the choices they make, their relationships, their burial methods, their dress and culture, et cetera, et cetera, will betray some other system of belief. And what's saying is culture matters. What you do matters. You, you may claim to believe one thing and then act another way, in which case the way you're acting is portraying the different religion, the other perspective or what that you, you really did believe. not really profess to believe, but yeah. that turns out to be the thing that you really believed. So, so I, I'm challenging people here. I'm just saying, friends, ideas have consequences. The shift in ideas over the last 50 years have resulted in a shift in the handling of the matter of death. Some changes in worldviews produce massive shifts in social behavior. That's just the way it works. Focus on the Family website did a little bit of a piece on this, and I just summarize it briefly. I mean, this is what the this, they they called it a cultural matter, which I agree. I agree, it's a cultural matter. The question of cremation versus burial is a cultural matter. But my point is, culture does matter. It's a cultural matter, but culture matters. That my point. Uh, the folks on the family article cites Abraham purchasing a burial site for himself and his wife, Sarah. Joseph commanded his bones be carried back into Egypt. The Lord himself provided for the burial of Moses. The same practice continued in the New Testament with the burial of John the Baptist, the rich man, Lazarus, Ananias, Sapphira, Jesus himself. Obviously, you mentioned that off air. Jesus was buried and then an imminent resurrection What right. uh, the third day. And the kings in the Old Testament, they went to, they went to be with their fathers. Yes. Or if they were dishonored, they didn't get to be buried in the king's burial. That's a good point. Uh-huh. Yeah. And th- yet there were instances in Scripture you will find in which there was a burning of the bodies, typically during war, mm-hmm. and also where there's just a lot of dead bodies and you're going to wind up with some kind of disease spreading too quickly. And so there would be some burning of the bodies in some instances. So that's why we just simply say that there are various circumstances in which some cremations do occur. Now, for 1880 years, 1970 years, burial was the common practice in the Western world amongst Christians. In 1884, a Welsh doctor by the name of William Price attempted to bring back cremation. He wanted to cremate his son, and apparently he was prevented from doing so. But William Price was a Welsh medical doctor. He was a uh, neo-Druidic. He tried reviving what he believed to be the religion of the ancient Druids, this Celtic Iron Age ritual. In doing so, he became one of the most prominent proponents of the neo-Druidic movement. His father was mentally ill, suffered from violent attacks, etc. He joined the Society of the Rocking Stone, a neo-Druidic group. In 1837, they participated in the Stone Circle. He became a leading member. He became an arch-Druid, whatever that is, declaring that marriage was wrong. It enslaved women. He shacked up with women. Very shocking for the time. But uh, his two-year-old son died. He attempted a cremation, but was forbidden from doing so. Cremation came shortly after in the English Isles. I'm going to say uh, somewhere in the 1890s, they started to bring it back. Uh, so, friends, that's the history of the modern world just in the last, what, 30 years. The instance of it has increased 5.7% up to 57%. May I suggest uh, that this could be tied to the issue of abortion as well? Once you hold God's creation, his image, in disregard, then 
it will have rippling effects. If we look at unborn babies as mere tissue and we do not, after they're aborted, we do not care for them. Mm-hmm. We do not we do not honor their bodies. We tr- throw them in the trash. Or use them as toothpaste or whatever, yes. you know, or shampoo. Or we recycle them in some way. Then why right. would we not do that with those who die at the other end Well, the of same life? thing is happening in Washington. Washington State, uh, Seattle Times just brought this article out. They're composting bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think this is another excellent example. I mean, not a... Not wonderful, a wonderful, good example, but an, a, an example a, to be emulated. An apropos example of what right. we're talking about here. And that is th- they've legalized human composting. You say, what is that? That's turning the human body into fertilizer and throwing it out into the, the garden to fertilize the garden. And I guess so that uh, the humans become the part of the cycle of life and you yes. know, all that. Right? And see, that's the whole reincarnation so there go- aspect. And, and there goes man made in the image of God, right? right. So your worldview has moved to pantheism. Yep. It's moved naturalism. into naturalism. Exactly. Wow. Turning your loved one into compost for the garden. Uh, wow. This is what humanism is doing in our day, my friends. Uh, not healthy. Not healthy. So, so I guess we'll call him Bob the tomato and Larry the cucumber. I guess that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I guess that's what's going to happen. Um, throughout scripture, we find at least eight resurrections or temporary resuscitations. There is the ultimate resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it possible that if I died, I would be resuscitated? Is it possible I could be resurrected? By the way, I believe that. Now, not every uh, Reformed pastor would claim to believe in miracles, but I do. I believe in miracles. I believe God can work above, beyond, and around means, as the Westminster Confession of Faith puts it. I believe God can raise people from the dead. In fact, John Knox's son-in-law, John Knox is the famous Presbyterian Scottish reformer of the 1550s, 1560s. His son-in-law was actually involved in uh, the resurrection of a young man in uh, in France. So a very famous story in history. There have been a number of stories that you'll find throughout missionary history, etc., where people actually have been raised from the dead. So the idea that there could be a resurrection and resuscitation is all part of a Christian faith. But ultimately, Bill, what do we believe? We believe in the resurrection of the body, right? right. And life everlasting. Right. That's that's the Apostles' Creed. Whether I mean, lost at sea. Whether it lost at sea, whether in an blown aircraft, up in an aircraft accident, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We believe in the resurrection. And given that belief in the resurrection, what do we do? I've told my kids, you, you bury me with a button that says, resurrect me. <laughs> okay. Just in case, you know. Yeah. So uh, not not that God has to be nudged to to realize you know that I'm going right. to need a resurrection. He, a friend, a friend he's got of, that. Yeah. He's got he's got that well taken care of. A friend of mine just sent me a T-shirt and it says on the back of it it says Hell will be rejoicing when I die that I'm no longer in the battle. Okay, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Another way to put it, right? Yeah. Um, so my friends, I guess the challenge here is let's be sure that we're living out what we believe. That's the most important. Do we believe in the resurrection? You know, I think we need to somehow display that. I'm not saying that everybody has to wear a suit of white. Johnny Cash didn't wore a suit of black, right? <laughs> so, but, but our overall demeanor, right? Our overall approach to life needs to be what? A sense of resurrection hope. Are you with me? Especially in a right. nihilistic age. We live in a nihilistic age. And we need to be contemplative and deliberate about every action and everything we adopt in culture. Mm-hmm. So that if you choose one form of burial over another, that you have thought through this and you have, you have honored God's image 
and you have glorified the creator of that image. And what we do means something. Sometimes just mere symbolism, but sometimes it it has something more of an impact than symbolism. Yeah, every uh, marriage ceremony is a symbol of, of Christ and the church, but some of those ceremonies have become symbolism over substance. Yeah, Funerals can be the same way. They sure. can be mere symbolism over substance without a recognition of the Creator. And it goes back to, the, to what we've hammered on all the time, and that is fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And what is this attraction to neo-paganism? What is this coming back to pagan rites? Not just cremation, which what pagan cultures tend to do, but Leviticus 19 defines what pagan cultures look like. Pagans eat blood. With the Twilight series, they consume blood-rich organs like the placenta, which is a strange rite that has come about in the 21st century. More and more amongst midwives and others, they're into this consumption of the placenta because blood-rich supposed to give you some kind of strength, and that's what the cannibals have always believed. Pagans eat blood, as with the Twilight series. Pagans practice witchcraft with Harry Potter. Pagans take off all maleness and celebrate androgyny. Pagans don't care who their daughters have relations with. They uh, engage in body mutilation. This is Leviticus 19. You shall not eat anything with the blood, nor practice divination or soothsaying. Uh, you shall not shave around the sides of your head, meaning eliminate all maleness. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I'm the Lord. Don't prostitute your daughter. Cause her to be a harlot, lest the land fall into harlotry, etc. So these are the sorts of laws. These are the sorts of principles that outline pagan life, body mutilation, celebrating the Twilight series, androgyny, witchcraft, loose handling of dating daughters, etc. So what are we doing? What kind of worldview are we living out? Christians believe with a constant sense of imminent resurrection. One sunny morning will rise, I know, and I'll meet you further on up the road. I close with that prophet, Johnny Cash. (laughs) One sunny morning will rise, I know, and I'll meet you further on up the road. Is that your worldview? Is that how you live every day? The resurrection is so basic to who we are. And I guess I really want to drive this point home. I'm just not sure that we are as focused on resurrection life as we should be. This is massive for Christians. You know why? Because Jesus is risen from the dead. And he rose from the dead on the first day of the week. It's interesting that you know people are less and less likely to have resurrection services on the first day of the week, which has been the Christian practice right. from the beginning. That's, so why we, that's why we worship that day. Exactly. I have so, a friend who used to say to me every time we'd, we'd part, he'd say, well, I'll see you here or in the sky. Here, there? Yeah. Or in the air? Yeah. All right. Good enough. We're done with this edition of the Generations Broadcast, friends. I've got a piece of this on culture in my book, The Tattoo Jesus, What the Real Jesus Would Do with pop culture, uh, just, I think we need to think about culture. Let's think about our symbols. Let's think about what we do. What do these things mean? I address these things in a number of chapters throughout my book, The Tattooed Jesus, What the Real Jesus Would Do with Pop Culture. That's available at generations.org. It's a little paperback, about 140 pages. Check it out if you're uh, involved at all in cultural decisions. could be helpful. It's called The Tattooed Jesus, available at Generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.